This is the GGC Life podcast. Now, once upon a time, you're in the church, don't you think this used to be like this in the church a number of maybe decades ago? Hopefully, it's changed. That unless you had a real powerful sort of radical conversion, I was a drug addict, I was, you know, wicked, I was evil, I was walking, sleeping around, and I was full on into drugs in addiction. And I gave my life to Jesus. And we go, wow! Everybody applauds how powerful that testimony is, which it really is a powerful testimony. But it's so easy to fall into the fact that. That becomes the only powerful testimony. But when a child like Lydia said, always, that is just as powerful to, be, to, to say that I've never fell away. I never went into the world. I never, I never, that's the power of God's grace to keep someone. I, I never, you didn't have to have a testimony to say I went into darkness. I was so bad that then, then I gave my life to the Lord. Like it's good to hear those testimonies. I grew up. And as far as I remember, I gave my life to the Lord and I've, and I've never looked back. That's a powerful testimony. We need to rejoice and, and, and celebrate those testimonies. And we, when you value those testimonies, when you, when you, we've seen lots of children, the next generation, grow up and never have to go into the darkness of the world and, and still be grateful. Amen. And be grateful for the King and grateful for His power that is the keep, His grace is keeping, keeping grace. Amen. Wonderful. Well, if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to speak on the gospel of the kingdom. Everybody knows um, what the word gospel is. Don't you reckon? So we should know what it is. Gospel means good news. So whenever you are sharing the gospel, it should sound like good news for those that believe and for those that receive. But even the good news can sound like bad news if you reject the good news. So if you, re, if you don't want the good news, if you don't accept the good news, or if you don't believe in the good news, it, it can make you mad if you don't accept it, or it can make you glad if you accept it. But nonetheless, it's good news. It actually is good news, because I'm going to explain to you what the good news is. Now in the past, maybe we've only shared the gospel maybe of salvation. And in, when I say that, we, we, we understand the gospel meaning, the gospel of salvation. I was going to hell and now I am forgiven and I'm no longer going to hell, I'm going to heaven. And that's as far as the gospel of salvation goes. We don't really understand that he's, he's actually transformed every area of our life and he saved us from every area from spirit, soul, and body, but it's not just salvation from hell. It's salvation from the kingdom of darkness and its effect on our lives. Now, we're no longer in darkness. We've been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the son that he, lo- he loves. That's the kingdom of light. I just want to establish the fact there's only two kingdoms. There's kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light, according to the Bible. According to First John, there's, a ki- there's the children of the devil and the children of God. Nothing in between. So you can only belong to a particular kingdom. So when you understand when Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel is always in the context of a kingdom. If there is a kingdom, there's got to be a king to that kingdom. It's, you, know, some of the, you understand what I mean by the gospel of salvation? We just say, oh God, Jesus will forgive you of your sins and you don't have to go to hell anymore and go to heaven. True, but that's, that's just very, very surface deep understanding of the gospel. And he actually doesn't just forgive your sins. He makes dead people alive. He makes dead people alive. We're dead to God without Christ. But when we come to Christ, he makes us alive to him. Now we have a love relationship with him. We, I just want us, because some of our gospel messages was, um, you know, we, our, our message has been come to church. 
some Christians across Australia and the nations of the world, is, you know, we, we think we just got to get them to church, got to get them to church. And so our message has been, oh, church is amazing. You see, it's so good. I love church. It's so free. It's so loving. It depends on your experience of church, of course, because some churches might not be like that. But, but our message has been come to church. And God still uses that to some degree because they come to church, they hear a message, and they do get saved. But we're talking about what Jesus preached. Let's go back to the Word of God in the Bible. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Okay, we, we need to know that and understand how that works. Amen. So let's have a look at, I just want to show you Ephesians eleven twelve. I just, I'll read it out loud. Ephesians chapter 4, sorry, verse 11 and 12. It says, And Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Are all evangelists? No, but... The evangelists don't do all the evangelizing. In the same way that pastors don't just do all the pastoring and the prophets don't do all the prophesying. The prophets are called to, to equip the saints. Let's read what the Bible says. It says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So the prophet equips the saints to do the work of the ministry in the area of prophesying. They don't just do all the prophesying. They teach others to prophesy. Pastors don't do all the pastoring. They teach others for the work of the ministry, for pastoring. An evangelist shouldn't do all the evangelist himself, evangelizing himself. He equips the saints for the work of service. So the building up of the body of Christ. So we, we all come into the unity of the faith. But those gifts that Jesus gives, so an evangelist should train others to share the gospel of the kingdom. And we all make disciples. And so it's not just sharing the gospel, but, but our mandate is actually to go into the whole world and make disciples. Let's have a read in Mark, in Mark, sorry, Mark chapter um, 16. Let me read it to you. Mark chapter 16. And Jesus, after he died and he was resurrected, and now he's talking to his disciples, giving them instructions. And he says, and he said to them, Go into the whole world and preach the gospel, good news, to all creation. He who has believed and is baptized shall be saved, but he who is, sorry, he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Now, these are believers. They're not just apostles. Is that all right? So signs and wonders and miracles should be just everyday believers do this. And again, it's your Bible. Let's go back to the Bible. Let's actually believe what we read. Let's believe the words of Jesus because that's what we're about. If I teach you something that's not in the Bible, you should be able to say, hang on, Leah, that's not in the Bible. Because my only authority is the Word of God. The words of Jesus, the words of the apostles, this, this whole Bible. Amen. And it says, they will pick up serpents. by So if a serpent or a snake bites you by accident, not that you test God and try to get bitten. People have done that. And if they drink anything deadly, poison, any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Talking about the believer will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. Where did Jesus go? And sat down at the right hand of God. The kingdom of God. Jesus is the king of that kingdom. And they went and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them, confirmed the word by signs and Signs um, that followed. Amen. If you have a look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, I want, to go, I want to show you a few scriptures. If you haven't got time to go flick to your Bible or your apps or your mobile phone or your 
iPad, whatever you use to read the scripture, please write the scriptures down. I encourage you to write it down and say, I'm going to check that out when I go home. All right. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the baptizer preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, repent you or repent all of you for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what was his message? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah saying, in other words, the book of Isaiah prophesied about John saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. In other words, prepare, when John came, his message was to prepare the hearts of the people, to prepare the way of the Lord so that the Lord could come. And his message was repentance, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's accessible. It's probably the best word to say. You can have access to the kingdom of heaven now. And, and Jesus, so that's John the baptizer's message. So he preached to be the forerunner of Jesus. And then you look at Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, all in the Bible. It's all over the Bible, by the way. I'm just showing you some of the scriptures. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. That's where the Jews met. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. So what was he preaching? The good news of the kingdom of God. There is a kingdom of God and he says repent. And the other, we know John said that, but in, um, where are we? Matthew 9.33, I'll read again. Chapter 9. Verse 33 of Matthew, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness, every disease among the people. It's another scripture that says that. Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom, which gospel? This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Which gospel? Not a wrong gospel, not anyone else's gospel, but this gospel of the kingdom. Not the gospel of salvation, not even the gospel of come to church, which is a good message. Come to church, it's better than not going to church. But it's the gospel of the kingdom. All right. It's very important because we've got to know what we are called to share. What are we called to spread? What's the message are we sharing? And um, Mark chapter 1, verse 14, Mark, the book of Mark. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. It's in your Bible. The, the time is at hand. The, the, sorry, the time is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's accessible. Why is it accessible? Because the messenger, Jesus, the ambassador, Jesus, the son of the kingdom, the son of God, has come to bring the kingdom. When he prayed for the sick, he was de demonstrating the kingdom of God is here. You don't have to be sick anymore. And he was healing everyone. He was even casting demons out of people. Why? Because that's from the kingdom of darkness. Demons are from the kingdom of darkness. And if they are possessing people and making people do things like addictions and, and, and torment and fear, and then Jesus comes in and casts out a demon, that person's free. Instantly. The kingdom has come in. A quick, a a quick explanation of the kingdom is where the king... So the, the, the kingdom is domain. It's God's kingdom, God's domain. Domain is where God's um, rule is over the rule the domain of the king so it has to be a territory 
The territory is not physical land as such. It's your hearts. So when you and I submit our knee, bow our knee and humble ourselves and repent, repent means to change your mind. Why did, they, why did he preach a message of repentance to the Jewish people that were supposed to believe in God? Because their hearts weren't aligned to God's kingdom. They were doing things their own way. So the message was repent because you've got to change your allegiance. You've got money as your God. You've got religion as your God. You've got all these other things as your God, material things as your God. You're trying to find security from material things. Repent from that and come into the kingdom. And it means submitting to God's kingdom, the domain of the kingdom. Where, then there's, where there is a kingdom, there has to be a king. Jesus is the king. Sometimes people preach the kingdom Principles, principles, principles to set you free, principles to bless you, principles to bring success and forget about the king. It's all about the king, Jesus. He's on the throne. So you have a relationship with Jesus as king. That's the good news, that he came to bring the kingdom. And now we have a choice. Stay in darkness, stay in our selfishness, do things our own way or or give up that life because his life is way better. As, as much as darkness is completely the contrast of darkness and light, it's like saying, would you rather be blind or would you rather see? That's what the kingdom's like. The kingdom is like, come into the kingdom. You can see. Way better than being blind. Because when you're in darkness, you're in darkness. You don't even know what you're stumbling over. And he says, repent from that kingdom, that whole realm of darkness, and give your life to Christ because it's the best. That's why it's good news. It's the best thing you can do. Giving your life to him. Uh, Paul in the book of Romans says, chapter 1 verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So you have to believe this gospel for it to, 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 it, for it to impact you, for it to change you. When you read the book of Acts, some, got, some that rejected it got angry and mad. Others that re- received it and, re- and, and accepted it got glad. That's why the response can be mad or glad. If you receive, you get glad. But if you reject, it actually makes you mad. So the gospel, also let me say this. The gospel is good news because there is bad news. Why would good news be good news if there's no context of bad news? The bad news is we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The bad news in Adam, Adam disobeyed God and in Adam he spiritually died. He was separated from God. Everyone that was born after Adam and Eve are also born in sin, in darkness. And that's why we need to be born again. We need to come to Christ and, and change kingdoms. And we accept Christ. The old me, that old Leo, I, I, my testimony is I grew up not um, reading the Bible, not knowing a relationship with God. I, I, I probably f- believed in God. If you said to me, do you believe in God as a teenager? I would say, yeah, I believe in God. If you actually even asked me, are you a Christian? I probably would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian. But I was not following Jesus at all. I was following myself, my sin, my selfishness, drinking, getting drunk. Girls, I was in my own selfish world. I was lost, actually, des- desperately lost because I was, I, 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 there was an emptiness in me that I couldn't answer for. I'm being honest with you and real. At, at nighttime, I'd, I, I was in the limelight at nightclubs. I was a very good break dancer. Back in the days, once upon a time, you can hardly believe it, but I was one of the best break dancers in Australia, once upon a time. Not now, if you see some of the stuff they do, it's phenomenal. Break dancers, phenomenal. In those days, in the 80s. 
But we used to go to nightclubs, we did stuff on TV, we did things, film clips, we got a bit of limelight. But at home, by myself, on my bed, when there's no one around to perform, put on a mask, trying to get their love and attention, I was empty. Something's missing. What is it? I didn't know it was a relationship with God. And it was. That's what happened to me at the age of 19. I gave my life to Jesus and he transformed. What the Bible says happened is my spirit that was dead, my spirit that was dead, the Holy Spirit, because I accepted the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, the good news came into my heart because I believed it, and the Holy Spirit raised my dead spirit to life. And now I'm no longer dead, but I'm alive to God. That means I have a relationship with God. And now 35, is it 35? 36 years later, I'm still walking with the Lord getting to know the most beautiful person in the universe, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, for the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And it'll set you free from depression. It'll set you free from anxiety. It'll set you free from insecurity. It'll set you, set you free from feeling rejected, from not feeling loved, from not feeling valued, because that's the kingdom of darkness. When you accept Christ and you see how much He loves you, how much I'm valued, how special I am, it'll bring healing to you. Doesn't matter what your background is, no matter how abused you've been or neglected or emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexually abused, all sorts of abuses we've grown up under that emptiness that that thing that's broken Jesus can put you back together amen I believe with all my heart I've seen it happen time and time again but it's putting your faith in the gospel of the kingdom of God this gospel is the power of God unto salvation Romans chapter 10 I, I need to show you something for all us believers if you're a believer listen to this because here in verse 11, Paul, the great apostle, transformed the, the, the world upside down. So he knew what he was talking about. They said of him, everywhere he goes, he turns the world upside down. Why? Because it was the wrong way up already. And when they repent, they come back to God. And he was fixing the world through the gospel. But verse 11, for the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Verse 12, for there is no distinction between Jews or Greeks. For the same Lord is Lord over all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. So basically it's saying, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You won't be disappointed. You will be, if you call on the name of the Lord. But look what it says, for... Um, oh, verse 13, I, I said it before we read it. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? So how can the world call on the name of Jesus, King Jesus, if, they've never, if they can't believe? How can the world call on him if they don't believe? True? You can't expect the world to believe unless, it says this, how can they believe unless they have heard? They can't call on the name of the Lord unless they believe. But they can't believe on the Lord, it says, unless, so I'll read it, how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? They have to hear to believe. That's the point. And who are they going to hear from? You and I. They have to hear it, hear it, hear it, hear the gospel, hear the gospel of the kingdom. And when they hear it, faith comes. And belief comes. When they believe, they can call on the name of the Lord. And those that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But think about it. We, we can leave the world lost to themselves if we've never shared the gospel. They have to hear the gospel. It actually says, then it says, how could they, um, and how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? 
And I thought about that. It really boils down to this. As believers, unless you believe you're sent by the Lord, you won't tell people. You have to believe you're sent from the Lord as a believer. If you've been born again, you've been resurrected, you were dead, now you're alive to God, and you have a love relationship with Jesus, you've got a message to share. But you've got to believe you're sent. Like I believe with all my heart, if the Lord Jesus came from heaven on the throne and walked into your bedroom, and he shines brighter than the sunlight, and he walked in and you saw him, and he said to you, I send you to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And he spoke it out to you. I'm convinced with all my heart, you'd go do it. I would do it. The good news is, he's actually, like if the Lord did come into your room, he would say exactly that. You know why? Because he's already said it. He won't change his message. He would actually say, share the good news to people. I've sent you. I anoint you. I've sent you. Go. Jesus said, as a father sent me, so I send you. Go to the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom. But can you see that we have to have the right gospel? We have to have the pure gospel. We have to know what the gospel is in the context of the kingdom so they know what they're repenting from. What are they repenting from? Repent from sin. Repent from this world. Repent from darkness. And give your life to King Jesus. And you've changed allegiance. Now he's your Lord. Amen. So I'll show you something else. Matthew, Matthew 13. Quickly. This is really, really powerful. Uh, we haven't got a lot of time, but... Let's quickly read it in verse 24 first. Jesus preached another parable to them and saying, The kingdom, this is, um, did I give you the chapter? Yeah, Matthew 13, verse 24. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares or weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and bore grain and the tares or the weeds became evident also, the slaves of the landowner came and said to them, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? And how then is it tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The slave said to them, do you want us then to go and gather them up? And he said, no, 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 no. For while you are gathering up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. And he says, allow them both to grow together until the harvest. In the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares, the weeds, bind them up, bundles to burn them up. And gather the wheat into my barn. Now that sounds like, what's he talking about? What's Jesus talking about? The disciples thought the same thing. What are you talking about? They didn't get their heads around this example, this parable. And in verse um, 36, they actually said to him, Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the tares in the field, the, weed, the weeds in the field. Please tell us. And Jesus said to him, The one who sows the good seed... Is the Son of Man. Where's the good seed being sown on? Into the field. But Jesus says, This is what the seeds are. Look, and the field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. And the tares are the sons of the evil one. Basically, Jesus, as the Son of God, takes us as children of the kingdom. Notice how he re refers to us as children of the kingdom, because that's how he sees us children of the kingdom of God. The domain of the king, children of the kingdom. He takes you as a seed and he plants you in the field. What does the Bible say the field is? It's the world. So now please just see yourself that way. He has taken you and sown you as a seed into this world. Wherever you are planted, in your home, in your family, in your workplace, with your friends, with your acquaintance, everyone you know, he's planted you as his seed, the seed of the kingdom, into the world. That's how the Father sees it. 
And, the, and then the enemy has also planted children of the evil one. If you read it on, children of the evil one, they're the weeds. And Jesus said, let me read it. And the enemy who, yeah, sorry, um, and the tares, which are the weeds, are the sons of the evil one. He didn't call them the sons of the kingdom of darkness. He just said the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the age. Now we're talking about the end of the age, end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. The angels are going to reap in God's harvest. So just as the tares, the weeds, are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is talking about judgment. I mean, that itself should motivate us to to tell someone about Jesus and share the gospel of the kingdom. Because it's saying at the end, when it's all over, because it says, then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, ears, let him hear. So I hope you can understand that. If you don't believe what I'm saying, read it for yourself. It is black and white. It's so clear. If you just believe the words of Jesus, you'll believe that he's taken you as a seed and he plants you into the world, which is the field. He sees you as planted. And that seed, what does the seed grow into? Trees. Trees of righteousness planted by the Lord. What do trees have? Fruit. Fruits, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. The fruits of the Spirit, the world will eat of it and don't even know they're taking on seed. They'll eat the fruit of love when you've got love, unconditional love, and the fruit of joy, and you've got unconditional joy, regardless of what's happening around you. They'll look at you and go, they don't even know why. I, I want what you've got. I don't know why, why, but I just want what you've got. They'll eat the fruit and it'll eat seed. they eat seeds in it. The seeds is the word of God. We're supposed to be such powerful witnesses. Our life should be such a powerful testimony. So this works when the seed is pure. If I'm living for the world and I'm full of sin and I'm full of darkness myself and I'm a believer and I, I'm, I'm struggling with depression, I'm struggling with this and that because I don't have my eyes on Jesus, I'm not going to be much of a witness. But I'm telling you, on fire, lovers of Jesus, when you're absolutely in love with him, love with, in love with the king, your eyes are focused on him and his kingdom, you'll be full of joy, full of peace. No matter what happens around you, the world will go, I want what you've got. And they'll want to listen to what you've got. So once we see that we're, we're, a part, we're a part of God's plan of salvation, so it's not just church, I'll bring them to church. This is just one real small aspect of getting people saved, inviting them to church. I mean, please invite your friends to the Easter service. Absolutely. But that's not the only way that you, say, you, you lead people to Christ. And then when you do lead people to Christ, I think you should take on the responsibility that I can disciple them. You can disciple them to become what you are. You can never lead them into something that you're not. But you can disciple them. Jesus says, and command them all things that I've commanded you. So whatever I've shown you, then you show others what I've shown you. Simple, isn't it? It's not hard. If you got saved and been forgiven and even got baptized, you can lead someone else into that place. You don't have to be qualified. Well, I've got to read the Bible for three years. I've got to go to Bible college for four years. And then I can speak for Jesus. No, just speak for Jesus where you are. If he brought you into freedom, tell him about that. If you've got a story on how you came to Christ, tell him about the story. Your personal testimony is so powerful. Amen. So I just want to quickly share briefly of 
different ways that in the Bible we find styles of evangelism. And you'll go in and out of all of them. And you'll probably lean into some. that I think I'm, I'm, I'm better at that. But there's, there's a lot of different ways that I believe we can influence the world around us. The woman in, the, uh, in Samaria, basically Jesus just sat down at the well and just says, Hello. I really like that because he just said hello. Hi. And he says, uh, can you give me a drink? Very natural. Didn't say nothing about God the Father, worship, nothing, nothing spiritual. Just hello, how's it going? Can you give me some water? He started very natural. Sometimes that's the biggest thing that we go wrong. Just be friendly to people. Just say hello, smile, start a conversation. You know, when you, when, if you fly on an aeroplane or go on a train or in a bus or you sit down in public transport, if you stay there for about half an hour, one hour, and then go, hello, it's a bit late. Say hello as soon as you sit down. Hi, how's it going? Where, you're going? Where are you going? You're heading for work or you're going back home? Start a conversation. Just be friendly. Biggest key to evangelism, just be friendly. Now, I'm not a friendly person. Just, just you know, again, when you're knowing Jesus, you're close to Jesus, you're just going to be full of joy. You're going to be friendly. But... I like this story. To cut a long story short, the woman from Samaria was impacted by Jesus, right? And what did she do? She went into the town and she says, come and hear a man that told me everything that I ever did. She was so excited about meeting the Messiah. She was convinced that he was the Messiah, but she never told him the message. She said, come and hear a man. So that's really what we can look at invitational. You can see some, that's an invitational style of evangelism. Maybe you're not really confident in sharing the gospel, but come and hear a man. Come and hear someone else, but someone else has to share the gospel clearly. What I'm trying to say in all these styles, we have to share the gospel of the kingdom. So, so in this one, invitational, they've got to, you invite them. Maybe you're not that confident. Invite them to an alpha course. Someone else, you put on the alpha video, and alpha is such a powerful tool to help disciple people. And, and, and it's in your hands. You can, you can start a home group and invite your friends. We're going to watch a video, have some food, eat. Amen? Some of you, your communities, I think of you guys. I mean, the, the Brazilian communities. You just love eating. You guys love to eat. And you invite your friends. We're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have a food. We're going to feast. And we're going to watch a video. And you, you'll be surprised who will come to your home. And will go to the home and not come to church. I'm saying, I'm saying, be equipped, be empowered to reach people. You know, and, and, and someone has to share the gospel though, but it's invitational. This is just the first way, simple. Everyone can invite someone, but they got to hear the gospel of the kingdom. Is that right? The other one is relational. This is found in Mark chapter 2, verse 14. I love this one. We've done this so many times, Christine and I. And it happened that he was reclining. Jesus was reclining at the table in his house. Whose house? Matthew's house. Just picture that, reclining, relaxed, eating food. In those days, the lounges, you know, they were literally lying down and the table's this low and they had those cushions lounge. They didn't have chairs. They were reclining. Just picture Jesus reclining and many tax collectors and sinners were, were dining with Jesus and his disciples for there were many of them and they were following him. Because of that, the scribes and Pharisees saw that he was eating with the Pharisees and tax collectors. And they said to themselves, why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? How could he do that? Doesn't he know they're sinners? Filthy sinners, actually. That's how they saw him. These are Pharisees. These are, these are Jewish-going believers to the synagogue. How could Jesus sit down and eat with them? What a beautiful style. This is relational style. 
Again, some will come to your home and you put on a good meal relationally. Yeah, I'll come for a feed. You're my friend. I know you from work. I know you're my, my brother, my sister, whatever. I'll come and let them know. Hey, we're going we're to do a Bible study or we're going to read the word or we're going to you know, come to my home. You'll be surprised how many people will come. It's, but it's relational. And sometimes just over a dinner, the conversation just directs us, it gets directed to God. And you just share about the gospel of the kingdom. So you can have relation, relationship, relationship. And if you never share the, share the gospel of the kingdom, they can't get saved. So I'm not talking about just be relational, be relational, be relational. Just love them, love them for years. Because you've got to share the gospel of the kingdom. Through that relationship, they've got to hear the gospel of the kingdom. Your, your desire is to get them to hear the good news of God's kingdom. Jesus, if you can only understand this, Jesus came and did everything for us. He died on the cross, paid the penalty as if he was the sinner. He never sinned, but he was judged as if he was the sinner. Why? Because he, he, he represented mankind. He died on the cross in your place, in my place. And so Jesus, the son of the living God, because he was sinless, born for a virgin birth, never ever sinned, never disobeyed God, could consume the judgment against humanity. And he offers free forgiveness to every believer. If you repent and accept Jesus, he says, I forgive you of everything you've ever done wrong and you can have a relationship with God. Well, that's good news. That's the gospel. I just gave you the gospel. That's good news. Sometimes you can go to church, grow up in church and never hear the gospel of the kingdom. Did you know that? You could be a religious person going to church every week and actually not know the gospel of the kingdom and Jesus as king. Relational. The other one is intellectual. Acts chapter 17, this is Paul in Athens. Paul stands up in this outdoor area. Um, I forget what they call it, but there's a place where they all would hang and they all would philosophize about every new idea. So they welcomed Paul. Paul, you tell us about this idea. Tell us about the resurrection of the dead. What was he talking about? Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom. He preached on the resurrection of Jesus. But he, he, that's, so it's an element of confrontation, yes, but also intellectual. He, 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 he actually quoted some of their gods. Imagine having an, an altar, like a, an altar, like a place where they would sacrifice to an unknown God. So imagine being the, those people that worship other things as well. And just in case there's a God we don't know out there, let's, let's sacrifice to him too. So it shows you their lack of knowledge and their ignorance. And Paul says, you know that altar you call the unknown God? I'm going to tell you about him. His name is Jesus. He's the real God. So he, he intellectualized with them, but he shared the gospel of the kingdom. One time he quoted, he goes, you know, even one of your poets say that we're children, we're offsprings of God. One of your poets, not from scripture, your poets have said we're offsprings of God. Well then, God can't be made, God can't be made with hands like an idol because we're children of God. And he's using their literature, intellectualize. So some of us are good at intellectualizing and some people need to hear the gospel in an intellectual way to get converted. Does that make sense? You, you, need, you need answers. You got questions? You need answers. Again, going back to Alpha Course is a great tool to help people through some of those questions. And you can sit them through and ask questions. And it takes you a number of weeks, but it can answer these questions. We've got Firm Foundation. I teach, I wanted to let people know about this, but I teach Firm Foundation Tuesday nights. This Tuesday night that we're starting a new class. Firm Foundation is to teach you how to read the Bible for yourself and understand how to hear the Holy Spirit, how to have a relationship with God for yourself, and it grounds people in the Word of God. That's Tuesday night, 7.30. If you want to come, feel free to come. We'll be here teaching Firm Foundation. But again, some people have come to Firm over the years to disprove us. 
Because their daughter, one lady, their daughter became a Christian. Now I'm going to come and check it out. And she came, asked questions, got answered, and she became a Christian. Amen. The other ones is charity. This is a, a lady called Tabitha or Dorcas. She used to do works of love and sew clothes and give it away to the poor, but she died. Again, works of love and charity is powerful because it can open up the heart of the person. And once they open up the heart, then you share the gospel of the kingdom. True? Sometimes you just have to feed their belly. And I'd encourage you to give them lunch rather than money, just in case they want to do drugs. People out in the street say, I'll buy you some lunch. You're giving them time, you're giving them love, you're giving them food, and then you share the gospel of the kingdom. Some will receive, some won't. Amen. I did that a number of years ago when we first started at King's Cross. I was a fashion designer. And I had so many clothes. The Lord says, grab all your nice clothes. And I had some nice clothes. I thought, I'm going to hold on to that. I can sell that for money. I can sell. And the Lord says, take all that and go to the streets. I had to find some homeless people. It took me a while, but I, to convince someone to follow me. Because you go in the streets, hey, I'm a Christian and I've got some clothes in my van. You like to see? And this guy goes, okay. Two of them. There was two of them. Uh, a middle-aged guy and a younger guy. And they came and they opened up my back van. And they go, wow, this is cool. Had all the hip-hop breakdancing stuff. This is cool. Wow, this is mad. Yeah. And they were taking clothes for their friends. And I said, you guys hungry? They go, yeah, yeah, we're starving. You want to go to McDonald's? Give you some food. Yeah, okay. And they were so respectful in what they were ordering. So they said, order more, order more. They were just not. And I, when I gave them, bought them food, um, they go to me, come, come to the fountain. This is a King's Cross. Come to the fountain. Come meet all the boys. What happened? Their hearts got opened. So works of charity opens up the heart. But if you leave them there without the gospel, you're just doing works of love. You've got to give them the gospel. And sometimes they reject it. We helped a homeless man a, a number of years ago, a couple of years ago. Someone in our, and I love this, someone in our church gave him a car. It was a second-hand car, but gave him a car. We put him up in a, an apartment. The bond for the apartment and everything and helped him set up, teach him how the budget, love, money, finance, all this stuff. And when the gospel goes in, sometimes people do it for that. But when, if the gospel goes in, it'll change. This person didn't allow the gospel to change his heart. Eventually, can't help them if they don't let the gospel bring forth fruit unto repentance. Amen. Then there's confrontation. There's a, this is where most people are scared of. I'm not that type of person. I'm not a confrontational person. It's just one aspect of evangelism. Confrontational or and I've, I also love demonstrational, to demonstrate healing and miracles because that opens up people's hearts. Jesus did that so much. He healed them before they believed in Him. You know that. He didn't say, repent, change, follow me, then I'll heal you. He healed them as they were. That's the love of God. And we've seen that. We've seen people get healed. I've seen people get radically healed on their deathbeds and they still didn't serve God after it so again the healing and the power and the miracles gets their attention but the gospel of the kingdom converts their hearts they have to hear the gospel and they have to receive the gospel amen and we've seen people get healed of all sorts of diseases you know just going to South Africa last year and you forget we pray for people all the time all over the place and this this couple 
they're in their probably 70s and they introduce themselves. Yeah, yeah, you know, like we know each other's face. And you go, oh, yeah, 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 no, you prayed for us three years ago. I had asthma for 27 years and debilitating disease of asthma and I couldn't work. I've been healed for four years, three or four years, whatever it was. I didn't remember her. But she was healed, she was saying, when I prayed for her. You forget, you pray for people, people get healed. It's their testimony. But everywhere they're going, they're talking about this testimony that Jesus healed them. Amen. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.